0: You know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized
1: the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up, everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a,
0: a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience.
1: Welcome to Making Tarantino the Podcast. I'm your host Philip Duke and on this podcast we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quinn Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and to see what they're all about and there will be spoilers and with me and Rob here, there might be spoilers for any movie you could possibly think of in the history of movies. Yeah,
0: we're going to spoil every movie known to (laughs) man.
1: Exactly. Anything in conjunction with our minds. Yes. Uh, today I'm joined by Robert Papp from Circular Jerks Podcast and Cinemigos Podcast. Hello,
0: hello! Thanks for having me on, Phil. Uh, love the show. I've been I've, I've since I found your podcast, I've been I've been a listener. I was really excited when you had uh, invited me to talk about this film. And yeah, just I, this is awesome, man. This is exactly what we do on my shows. It's you're doing cinematic archaeology. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, that's what Tarantino does. He's a cinematic archaeologist, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and it's like you and I were talking off mic about the thing with the cinematic archaeology. There's some people are like, wow, that's interesting. Other movie people who if you and I bumped into each other at the New Beverly or something, it would be like, oh, my God, wasn't that a good movie? You could just open up like here's an instant. The other day I'm at the bar yesterday with my wife and her friend. My wife and her friend leave to go to another bar. I'm sitting there waiting for the pizza and the check. And these people at the other end of the bar, I hear this guy going, have you seen E.T.? He's talking to the bartender. He goes, that movie sucks. And I'm going, wait a minute. No, E.T. doesn't suck. Like I have a tattoo of Elliot, you know, on the bike. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, and I want to say something, but I'm like, no, I don't want to fight this guy. (laughs) I'm ready to fight. But and then as he's talking a little bit, then he goes, his wife or whatever woman he was with she's like no that was a good movie and he's like oh wait no i'm thinking of something else in the 70s it came out and then i piped up and said yeah because et is a great movie i was gonna say like i'm sorry to interrupt but i can hear you <laughs> and they were like okay and we have this ta- i go i have this tattoo and the wife's like oh my god like you just we just happened to talk about et and you have a tattoo like what are the odds holy shit yeah And it's a thing where he was like in the seventies or whatever he said, I thought maybe he mixed mistaked it for Roger and me. So I go, maybe it's Roger and me. And he goes, no. And he couldn't think of what it was. And it was from the seventies. And I'm like, well, now I can move over there to the guy, order another beer and start discussing. But I'm like, no, I don't think he wants that. He just wanted to tell people this one movie that I saw one time. sucked. And it's that thing that we set off Mike of like, you talk to other people like our wives who I'm like, honey, you know, we're watching Against All Odds, the beginning of it. And I had never seen the movie, but we were watching the beginning of it once. And I'm like, oh, yeah, James Woods is in this. Oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges, of course. And I'm like, oh, the director is what? And she's like, oh, look, the cinematographer is blah, blah. And I'm like, honey, like now she just naming off names. And I'm like, you're funny. Like, I get it. I get uh, it.
0: Yeah, like, oh, like, you're humoring oh, me. That's funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, all right. And um, but. Excuse me, but yeah, I love that term cinematic archaeologist. Um, but we did lose you were talking off mic about Rocky. Uh Burt Young passed away the other day.
0: Oh yeah, that was sad to hear.
1: May know him as Uncle Polly in Rocky when he got the robot in Rocky 4 and Oh yeah. They did a director's cut. I don't know if they pulled that whole They did robot they
0: took scene. the robot the robot is gone in director's cut from what I hear. Um I haven't seen the director's cut either, but I think they took that out. They took out some of the silly stuff from Rocky 4. Right but uh you know
1: we kind of suck so because that's what kind of makes like you're kind of like oh this is funny but yeah. you're also just kind of putting up with that to get to the montage and to get to the fight you know
0: exactly well we uh, we talked about on our first episode of the cinemigos we talked about cobra and oh, yeah. there was a lot of tribute paid to rocky Ford. and i was like uh, bridget nielsen's character while she's doing her photo shoot with the robots is like was that an homage to the robot from, from Rocky
1: yeah. IV? <laughs> yeah that's right it, it and that, that's one where some of these stories you hear like i said on the last one on the last episode was chip and i on our old podcast did a clint eastwood thing then i started looking up clint eastwood and i find like oh he did some Dick as shit to Sandra Locke. Like yeah. oh. And so some of the stuff when you're doing the archaeology, you're finding like, oh shit, this guy's a dick. Or I remember talking to a friend of mine that I ran into. I was doing security at a hotel, and she was the front desk lady, and she was like, Oh, I used to be, I sang and I used to be in movies or TV shows. She was on like um whatever, I can't think of the name of it. Um, but she was like, her friend was this redhead and was dressed in, like, was a cop in, in the Copland movie that you guys did mm-hmm. on San Amigos. And she's like, it was around that time, and they're walking through, and it might have been before or whatever, but they're walking through on the studio lot, and here comes Stallone walking by, and he says some kind of condescending comment, or, eh, look at your body, hey, you're kind of hot. And it's like, really? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then this girl that I'm talking to, she was like, I was up for the role that Roseanne Arquette got, in um in that uh Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Um oh, shit. the one with Kieran Culkin.
0: Oh uh starts
1: with an N, I think.
0: Damn, now I'm like now I'm drawing a blank.
1: Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh yeah, maybe I'll make that correction later. I would look it up, but oh well. And and I wanna figure that no, no something. Anyway, it's where he's staying in this farm and the bad guys are trying to destroy the farm because they want her land and he's fighting them. so she was up for that role and she said we're gonna do a read my screen test and he comes in and he turns his chair around and sits like you know a douchebag in high school you know sits backwards in the chair and he's looking at her and they kind of do a scene a little bit and then he's like he's like she's not very pretty i want something prettier or or says some condescending shit about her looks (laughs) and she was like what the fuck and so you know it ends up going to roseanne arquette but you're like not that i always thought jean-claude van damme was the best guy ever but but you're like yeah it's just like oh
0: damn that's sorry that's tough to hear
1: yeah exactly um but also uh, richard roundtree passed away he was 81
0: sorry to hear that
1: any of you who don't know he played john shaft in the shaft films and he had a small role in seven i remember seeing him yeah he was like like the boss of arlie emery or whatever like he comes in for or he's giving a speech he's like the mayor or something giving a speech and i was like oh shit
0: how did i miss that like i because i love seven i i guess i just that i blanked on that one
1: and now when you question me, now I question myself because now I'm like I remember seeing it. It was like not a thing that I read. It was me watching it, going, Oh, Shaps in this, like awesome.
0: I'm gonna and believe then, you. Bill.
1: You know, I know. Now you're gonna <laughs> yeah. If that if that's wrong, I'll make a correction next week. Um, there is a correction speaking of from last week when I said Klaus Kinsky was like a crazy actor and I couldn't think of that other guy from the killing, and it was Timothy oh. Carey. Oh, yeah you know, Timothy Carey in that yeah. scene when he's going to shoot the horse. Um, and, you know, to tie into Quentin Tarantino, you know, he was going to have him be the Joe Cabot role. And oh, he was wow. kind of too crazy when he came yeah. in. He was like, ah, and it was like, like as bad as, um, as bad as Lawrence Tierney was to work with, this guy would have been worse. Wow. And so they were yeah. like, okay, well, thank Like he had weird, like, Almost like you hear that story of Marlon Brando being like for Superman being like, what if he had like luggage sitting there and he's like, what if I look like that, like I'm an alien, right? I look like that, and they're going like a donut
0: for a head or whatever. Yeah,
1: and they're going and they're thinking like, is he fucking with us or is he serious? Like it's Marlon Brando, so you have to like, well maybe, but we're thinking of this, you know, and and I think. I think a lot of that is him just being like, and part of that was probably him being like, "I don't have to be on screen. We'll just have luggage there talking. Like I'm good. I don't have to have people with." There was a a shot, a behind the scenes shot. Everybody talked about it, and it finally came out. And I think it was um, it was uh. John a blank again, the uh, for uh for Godfather.
0: Oh, uh, your, Robert Duvall's character, Robert oh.
1: Duvall. He's holding like he's got a sign around his neck and marlon brando can read it and you're like oh but also you're like you're like just do that like i'm fine like let me read it you know if i get away with it like i don't have to work but (laughs) timothy Carey was really good and i don't know enough about the real klaus kinski but every time i see him in a movie i've seen two films with him so far And he was in, we did that one, uh, shoot the living and pray for the dead. He was in that. He was a bad guy. And Chip said it reminded him of the Joker. And he's so good. And there's a scene in here where it's just his face when he's at the door at the end. And you're just like, he's got the look. He's like, I I was trying to put, who would you put him with? Like, would you say Joaquin Phoenix? Would you say more of a, like, I was trying to think of who, because he's so, he's, you don't know if that's him or if that's how he always is just being kind of weird. And... You know,
0: it's, it's funny. cause And we'll get into this a little bit later, but yeah, I, cause I, I've seen uh the other, you know, great Klaus Kinski film is, and he was in a whole ton of shit. Like I, yeah. I was doing some, Aguirre, wrath
1: he, of the God. And
0: yeah, he acted for 40 years. He did like yeah. 150 some films or some crazy number like that. Uh But like uh the, the, uh, the Werner Herzog remake of Nosferatu from 79. Mm-hmm. He's great in that. Um, yeah,
1: I want to see that. Yeah, that's on my list because yeah, Yeah. Then, it was uh, yeah, I need to and that's the thing like I want to almost see if there's an autobiography and get that and be like, who is this guy? There
0: is, so that? I would recommend there is a documentary that was done in I think after Kinski died that Werner Herzog did. It's like called My Best Friend because they had a very tumultuous
1: relationship Yeah, he wanted to kill him in Aguirre yeah yeah
0: and there's a lot of that in uh, in Klaus Kinski's work there he is a he was a difficult person both on uh on set and in his personal life i guess he had some sort of uh it wasn't like
1: bipolar it was or through, something
0: something like that yeah. yeah and it's just like so he was a difficult person to work with we don't really know exactly what he was struggling with but it yeah. was But damn, when he's on screen, it's so powerful, Yeah, especially in this film that we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, and it's it's interesting because um, the thing of geniuses, I was talking to my cousin about this the other day, just about there's people who are really good who try to brag about it and try to like, I'm so good. And this is why I'm good. And you're just like, just enough already. And then there's people who don't say shit like, you know, James Cameron might kind of pat himself on the back a bit, But he's like, you're like, OK, he's a genius. So I'm not going to question anything. I'll just go with whatever he wants. Same thing with Kubrick. Same thing with, um, you know, Ridley Scott, whoever like you're like, OK. And, you know, Ridley Scott might be a little bit like when I did Thelma and Louise, I was OK, enough already. Like, let's yeah. Just, <laughs> but but it's that thing of where i think with somebody like klaus kinski you're just like you're good and you know it and you know so maybe that's why you're difficult kind of like the marlon brando thing like when he was like i was a top and you know i can do whatever and i'm great and then being like no you need to be grounded a little bit like come on um like somebody like yeah i don't know like i was gonna say like a james dean but um I think that happened, like we were talking cinematic archaeology. James Dean, I heard, met Marlon Brando, who he had been like, "This is a guy I idolize." I've seen him work, and then he meets him, and he's like, "Oh, it's not what I imagined," you know. And it was yeah, like, oh, never meet your so heroes, sad. folks. Exactly. Although I met <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith was nice. And who else did I meet? I think that's all. Oh, I met James Belushi once. He was nice. We had film he seems talk. like he'd be a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about Thief and uh, Salvador.
0: Yeah, you are um, saying that it's like, yeah, it's like, that's a deep cut because everyone's going to talk to him about this other stuff. It's like, but yeah, yeah. he was in this great movie, Thief, like, yeah. come on.
1: Yeah, I, I was like, you, I was you did that remake of Sahara, and he's like, oh, wow, nobody brings up Sahara.
0: I haven't then, seen the remake. I've seen the original with uh, I, I, Bogart. But... I
1: saw the remake first, and oh, I was wow. like, oh, and then I saw the, the new, the original, and I was like, they're both good, but I, for some reason, that remake was really good. I got to watch um, that.
0: I got to watch that remake
1: but uh yeah i found it somewhere we'll have to i'll have to remind you um but yeah it was nice uh subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. after subscribing leave us a review follow us on facebook instagram and twitter so it's good because i'm i'm using my facebook page more i'm also sharing <clears throat> sharing our podcast <clears throat> my podcast On like the video archives fan page and stuff like that and that's getting traction and it's like okay cool um and then game
0: is like killing it dude like because that's how i found you so mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah well and that's where it was funny speaking of uh chip where i was like chip why don't you help out you run twitter i'll run facebook and chip's like no i'm busy i'm only off two days i'm playing video games i can't i'm like all right so then i'm sitting there going well i need to post something different for instagram than i do on facebook how do i you know and then Now it's just almost second nature. What should I pose? Oh, yeah, I'll do this. So it works. Um, But now are you ready for the, uh, I don't have a theme song for this, but Tarantino talks. Here's what Tarantino said about uh, the great silence. In 2012, Quentin Tarantino in an article for the New York Times, quote, Quentin Tarantino tackles Old Dixie by way of the Old West, by way of Italy. So he said that was the article's name. He said, quote, a movie like Andre de Toss' Day of the Outlaw as famous as it is for being bleak and gritty, is practically a musical in comparison to Il Grand Silenzio, end quote. So first of all, I got to see Day of the Outlaw. Have you seen Day the Outlaw? Oh,
0: no, that's another that's another one that's chalked up to the list.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's the thing where I have to be careful when I'm like, that's on the list. It's like, that's on the Quentin list that we're doing, but also like on my personal list is like this or that. Um, You ready to get on with the show?
0: Let's do this thing.
1: All right. So I don't have a trailer because they're Italian. I played a trailer at the end of last week. um, But uh, the tagline, his voice was the silence of death. Maybe I should have screamed that. Um, the Great yeah. Silence, 1968 plot. A mute gunslinger fights in the defense of a group of outlaws and a vengeful young widow against a group of ruthless bounty hunters. Starring Jean-Louis... Trin- so, do you know how to say his name? Trin- uh, I, from Trin- what Trin- I've
0: heard, so Jean Louis Trinicton, uh, Trinignon, I think is the uh,
1: Trinignon Okay, pronounced.
0: it's hard to pronounce.
1: Yeah, yeah, as silent. And I was thinking, like, it would be good to go back and find this guy's movies where he's speaking, and be like, oh, that's a voice to the guy. Like, now I got the voice. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Klaus Kinski is Loco or Tigrero. Uh, Frank yeah. Wolf is Sheriff Burnett. So Frank Wolf. To me, he's got that mustache and Italian, and so he looks like the bad guy from, uh, is it um, Fist of Fury or Way Not Way of the Dragon? No, Fist of Fury. Yeah. At the end, when he's fighting that guy with the mustache, yeah, yeah, he does Roy have a Or Ray something, yeah, yeah. Um, but he looks like him, but he's older. But so you know, it's not him, but he looks like that. Um, Luigi Pastilli as policut uh, who you know you love to hate. Uh, Vanetta yeah. McGee as Pauline Mario Brega as Martin and Carlo D'Angelo as the governor so do you have any names I see you looking at stuff You got? oh to-
0: yeah so I mean obviously uh, Jean-Louis uh, who played Silence he hmm. uh, like he was a famous French actor and Corbusier uh, had the idea of wanting to like oh I can have a silent protagonist like you know obviously we're, we have a lot of foreign actors well I don't, he uh, initially i think he wanted frank nero for the role but uh for what there was a, right. it seemed like there was a dispute as to far as as why he wasn't in the role it was either frank nero couldn't do it or didn't want to do it mm-hmm. or it was put upon him, the french producers uh cuz these italian westerns the spaghetti westerns it's like an italian french like spanish production that's going on so you have all these all the 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 funding is coming from all these different places you have these different production companies and it was possible that the the french producers wanted this guy to play the the lead role in here and that could have that could have been the reason why it's yeah. not, it's not really solidified. No one really knows. But and that, those are a couple of the options.
1: That must be difficult because let's say you're the director and you're like, but I want Franco Nero. Like I can see him doing this. He did good in Django. He's going to be good in this. Yeah. And then people being like, then the French people being like, but we have, you know, 40% of the money going into this. We want our guy, you know, right. and you being like, oh, I gotta, I gotta compromise. Almost like we said for Saturn 3, not the same, but Saturn 3 was where the director's just like, I guess I'll direct it. And it's like, that's not the vision that the guy that wrote it had. Like, oh, you know. Well,
0: it's kind of like it's funny with like Touch of Evil, uh, where they couldn't keep a director to save their life. And then Charlton Hessen spoke, it was like, well, we have Orson Welles. I, the guy d- directed Citizen Kane. I think he'll do just fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just an afterthought. Like maybe this guy.
0: Uh, So, yeah, so so there was there was that. And like I said, he uh, he was in a bunch of French films. I'm not really familiar with a lot of French film. I've seen maybe three French films in my entire life.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The French New Wave is still uh, it's on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I Mm. will. But he's he's I think he's part of that. Obviously, Klaus Kinski, he's uh, uh, he's been in 130 films over 40 years, which is. And when did
1: he die? or what was his he last he died or,
0: in or... i think like 92 or wow. something like that somewhere yeah. in the 90s yeah um, but yeah he from 48 to 88 that's when he was he was acting yeah um a lot of it is like german films uh mo- he he mostly I I, I with- think
1: i know being as you said german it just he's probably like um fucking um um uh, christoph waltz you know yeah he's probably kind of like him in a way where he can do kind of anything, you know? Yeah. He
0: really, yeah. He's kind of like you said, he was in all different types of genres. I mean, he's been in horror, he's been in Westerns. He's been what, what any genre you can think of, he's been in it. And Werner Herzog, who has done a lot of great films, they Mm -hmm. did five films together. Uh, they wanted to kill each other every time, but they imagine. It. So it's yeah, like, you, yeah. do, you, you make it work. Yeah. Um, you know, like Nosferatu it's, is one of Well, the, and
1: it's, it's also, years. it's like your muse where you're like, you're frustrating me, but I work better with you. Like, let's just, you yeah. know. I actually yeah. got to
0: check out that documentary they do together. The, uh the, my best friend that came out in 99, I believe.
1: Oh, I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. Cause uh the Klaus Kinsey was a very difficult man to work with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh actually is uh one of the things I found out about this film is it, it now it was rumored so I don't know if this is exactly true but uh apparently when talking to Frank Wolf's character who was a Jewish guy
1: mm. he was oh. saying
0: like there was a lot of anti-semitic remarks that he was saying to him, it was like you know I you're a Jew and I hate Jews I'm a German it's like I, yeah. I want to exterminate all the Jews because yeah. now to his credit, klaus kinsey says i only said that to antagonize him because we're yeah. supposed to hate each other yeah so he's kind of like a method actor without being part of like the the actor's studio kind of yeah, thing. yeah and so it's just like do you really have to go
1: yeah yeah like you don't have it's well it's like you know the story i told like i said i don't know how many of my episodes you listen to but um well maybe it was on the old one but anyway it was um i can't think of that guy the the black guy from alien who oh, uh
0: yafet Kodo.
1: yafet Kodo, thank you sorry such an easy name i just didn't want to have a bunch of dead space while i racked my brain thank you um <laughs> like you said kindred spirits you and i he'll be back yeah. on the show for sure um oh, yafet, <laughs> yafet Kodo felt bad because he played that with ripley he played that with sigourney weaver of like I'm going to hate her. I'm not going to go have lunch with them. I'm going to be the guy that does. And he goes and later before the end of his life around whatever he was like, I wish I would have treated that different and been more yeah. involved because then I could have been friends with everybody. Instead I was like, I'm going to be the hard ass that wants out of here, you know, wants to give my money and leave.
0: Yeah. It's like you kind of like, you know, you, you shoot yourself in the foot in yeah. the end. It's... Yeah. Either
1: you get a really great performance, you know, but and then there's something like, you know, um like heath ledger who i don't think had shit with said shit to uh christian bale i think they just it just works you know well
0: yeah it's like heath ledger like you know he closeted himself into like a a apartment for like months just to get into character it's like Dude, and he went to obviously he went into a place where he never came back from. Yeah, you know, yeah did, exactly which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but God damn, like goddamn like that I mean that's one of those brilliant performances that
1: <laughs> yeah that'll stand the test of time like
0: Yeah. So um good. Um, but you yeah, have... yeah, especially because oh. what I found out about Frank Wolf too is he um he died not longer after uh, not too much longer after this film. He died in seventy two. Oh, wow. He was dealing with mental health issues, just like Klaus Kinski was. He suffered from depression, which you know, sorry to bring the the, yes. the tone down a little bit.
1: <laughs> but he is so good in this, though He's he is. So,
0: so here's likeable, the other thing too. Like everything. He got his start, he's an American actor. He got his start with in doing Roger Corman films. You know, speaking of uh oh, cool. one of my favorites, Roger Corman.
1: Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Is he yes. what is he? Is he Italian? Is he no American?
0: he's an American actor? He's from wow. America. Yeah. Um, and just got got attached with Roger Corman, was doing so and then they were uh he was with Roger Corman filming in Europe and he's like, hey. You know, if you want to advance your career, like, you know, these these uh, these Italian movies are taking off. Why don't you get involved with them? And that and it just that his career took off. He started doing all different. He did like Giallo films like the the Italian. He did spaghetti westerns. Uh, People might have on this show. I don't know if you've talked about Once Upon a Time in the West. He was the 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 dad who gets killed. uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. He looks so
1: different. He looks yeah. so different.
0: He's the the yeah. redheaded uh, family that Frank Wolf is the yeah. dad that gets yeah. killed at the beginning from yeah. Henry. Fonda. Yeah. So, Spoiler
1: alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Uh, but
0: yeah, so Frank Wolf had a pretty interesting career. And then uh, Vanetta McGee, she's uh, who plays Pauline. Yeah. Uh, I know her from Blackula because that's one of my favorite black exploitation films.
1: See, I saw that once a long time ago, but I wasn't into it when I watched it. So I wasn't in the mood and same thing with the italian westerns i have this with black exploitation. i just want my pam greer kind of fight crime kind of be a badass whatever type movies oh yeah with the italian westerns i want my fistful of dollars great silence i don't want the trinity you know but those are on quentin's list so i'm gonna have to dive into them sometime and i'll approach them with a I different will, mindset will,
0: yeah i'll say this because i because I, I do like the exploitation films a lot. there's there's,
1: there's two Two things real quick i hear black is really good and it's then great. for two it had the badass guy we did on here um ah fuck we did a friend williamson movie on here and he was his partner and he was so suave as fuck that Fred williamson was like, is awesome yeah but uh, uh, there's uh, the guy that plays Blackula was the and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's badass. Like, oh, I want a uh, movie about that guy. Shoot.
0: I, yeah, I'm i now I'm was, shit. I had the name on the tip of my tongue. I, I'm forgetting it now. But, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's. He's really great. But, uh yeah, if you're looking for a great Fred Williamson film, like, well, Black Caesar is really good. Yeah. Boss from 1974, if you're looking for it's a exploitation comedy, Western that was oh, directed by uh, Jack Arnold, who did uh, uh, the Creature um, uh, from the Black Lagoon.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah.
0: It is a brilliant. It's funny. It is so funny. It's yeah. so good. You uh, definitely so,
1: have to check that out. I'm looking for this guy's name while you're talking.
0: But uh, yeah, so uh, Vanetta McGee, she was also uh, in one of the Shaft movies. She was in Shaft in Africa
1: oh shit that was a weird one but it was yes it is it's fun yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah.
0: she was also in the Iger sanction which is a clint eastwood movie uh and this film the great silence that's this is her film debut so and then yeah luigi pastilli who plays polycutt um he's also another uh giallo and spaghetti western guy
1: yeah i've seen him in something and i couldn't think of what it was he's been
0: in a whole shitload of stuff yeah um but yeah, this is, uh, uh, just, yeah, a lot of great actors in this, you know, and most of the, even like say some of like the, 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 not the, the main actors, but like the, the side characters, you know, those are all, you know, they were kind of those contract players, the character actors that just were in a whole bunch of stuff that's like, Hey, that's that guy from that thing that I saw, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and that's, what's, if you've seen these movies, you're that, you know, you're like, Oh, wait, I've seen that. Wait, this, but this movie is done. I'm trying to look in my blaxploitation book. There was a big picture of the guy and now I can't find it. But anyway, you look in our feed and you'll find the movie and it's Masulila was the guy's last name. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Something with a T he's got like the coolest name in history, but anyway, this, everybody get this uh reference guide. Uh, Black exploitation. Joshua Howard. I gotta um, get that. That looks it's awesome. Really cool. It's got like cool uh, posters and stuff. But anyway, so Masulala is the guy's last name. He's the guy that plays. Anyway, he's really cool. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, that that, oh. that, that I just wanted to kind of run down our characters, kind of like where where you might where have we've seen, seen them. From. Which is like
1: which is good. See, there's work I didn't have to do because you brought it to the table. So thank that's you what very I do. much. <laughs> um, I know. Uh written by Sergio Carbucci. He came up with the story and was helped on the screenplay by Vittorio petrilli and Mario Amendola wrote on the screenplay. So Vittorino Petrelli, that's uh what's the name, right? Paul, oh, that's no, not Pauline. I thought I just saw that name. Maybe not. Forget it.
0: Or as Burt okay, Reynolds wait. calls him the other Sergio.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people do, but yes. <laughs> um, directed by Sergio Cabucci, And uh, in an interview with Noel Samsola for image at son number 246, January, 1971, Sergio Corbucci said, quote, every time I make a Western, I say, this is the last I get tired and nervous. I hate the horses and the desert. I go back to town wanting to make a film about a man who drives a car, uses a phone and watches TV. But once I'm there, I start thinking how nothing is finer in the cinema than a horseman with the setting sun and a red sky. That makes me want to carry on. And I think up another Western with my actors.
0: Yeah, it's uh, there was uh, another documentary that I watched as well from like, I think it was like some in the 60s. Like oh, it was a, a Western's Italian style, I think is what it was called. Uh-huh. And they were talking to Corbucci, like uh, they were film. Well, they were filming uh, the Great Silence. Is like, oh, what's your next film gonna be? It's like uh, a western, naturally. You know yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and it's the thing where I've never seen Navajo Joe. That's on our list. It's the thing when Chip and I started this. Speaking of uh, off mic, you talked about where you saw the Great Silence the first time was last year when they played snow westerns. Maybe it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. Uh, yeah, it was, it was earlier
0: this year. year yeah. yeah.
1: So they had a section in uh criterion channel where it was snow Westerns. And I was like, Oh, the great silence. I've always wanted to see it. I'm going to see it. And I watch it. And then I tell Chip, I saw the great Silence, And he's like, but it's on the list. You're supposed to wait. And I'm like, yeah, but I couldn't help it. Like I had to watch it. Yeah. And it's that thing where for the show, I want to watch it fresh. So I don't want to be like a rewatch. And then maybe I'm kind of bored with like, Oh yeah. But uh, this time watching it again I got more out of it it seemed quicker this time when I first watched it I was like I was like this you know I didn't think this was a little long but I remember like oh putting everything together this time I was like it just fucking flows it's great yeah, it
0: does it's uh yeah I think they had like Cheyenne Autumn in there too and like mm. uh there was a few other like really good ones I was like oh man I've never seen this this is great let's yeah. and I love western so yeah it's-
1: <laughs> well and that's where isn't Cheyenne Autumn isn't that the uh, the last it's- John Ford movie
0: uh that is i could have sworn that it was no i don't think that was his last one i want to say that i i think that um the man who shot liberty balance was his last film 62
1: i will bet I you be money wrong. my friend but i'm probably right you're probably right <laughs> now you uh this one you don't have me questioning on because uh i know but uh i'm I didn't looking right down
0: those. when uh cheyenne autumn came out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but was you might
1: 67 be- or something wasn't it
0: oh what oh maybe yeah maybe you, uh, you're probably right then
1: cheyenne autumn 1964 okay so there's Reeve 63 how the west was won his segment 62 um man who shot liberty valance 62 so yeah Yeah, Cheyenne Autumn. Cheyenne Autumn. I knew just because that's one where I'm like, that's a John Ford movie. I haven't seen. Like, I need to see that.
0: It's good. You're you're gonna like it.
1: But and I hear, I think he apologizes to the Native Americans or, kind of something. Something in all of his movies, it was always like, oh, they're bad and the white men are good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, But but that was, uh, you know, that was one of the inspirations for for this film. Uh, Oh wow uh cheyenne autumn and there was a uh robert mitchum movie it was uh a, a blood of the moon and oh, uh, and then there that. was all, yeah so cheyenne autumn blood of the moon which i haven't seen yet with robert mitchum who's one of my yeah you know, like how you feel about klaus Kinsey, that's how i feel about robert mitchum he's yeah. like that's one of my guys
1: he's he's uh, really good yeah
0: yeah uh day of the outlaw and black sabbath were the inspirations for kerbucci for this film
1: interesting and then
0: this film spawned other films uh, obviously with tarantino we're talking about tarantino yeah we know the films that like were really inspired based off of this yeah Uh, so but it's but it inspired a lot of other films too uh that uh because there was talk of doing an american remake of this Mm -hmm. which thank god never uh transpired because you can't you can't recapture the magic of this film
1: yeah it i don't know what it is with people in remakes like sometimes you're like like the remakes usually are just okay and you forget about them like i would have forgotten about the remake of walking tall had it not come on pluto every time i put on my pluto <laughs> walking <laughs> tall with the rock and uh, jackass uh, guy i
0: do feel like that is a semi-solid movie but it's, but it's yes, not as good it's, as good yes it's a solid that.
1: movie but not as good as the original and kind of gets away from the true story because now you're taking place now. Like this was a true story that, you know, Joe Besser did back then. Um, You ready to get into some listener opinions?
0: Let's do it. Man, I don't even have an opinion.
1: Well, you gotta have an opinion. This might've been you. This might've been somebody else on Cinemigos. We won't explain it. It It was me. But Cinemigos on Twitter wrote, of the spaghetti Western subgenre, this stands very tall. Maybe the best, end quote. Robo pulp on Twitter wrote quote that was on Twitter, by the way, the other one, um, quote, I've heard great things about this one, but haven't ventured to see it yet. End quote. I hope he does. Robo. Um, the cult worthy on Twitter wrote quote, the most depressing spag ever. And I love it. End quote. So he reached out to me. He wants me on the show cult worthy. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll fucking do it. So we're going to do not quite Hitchcock. We're going to do charade and some other movies. So oh, nice. like, oh, that's cool. That'll be um that'll be maybe the end of the year or something uh recall toys with a k on twitter wrote quote love this one kinsky is a beast end quote phil likes social on twitter i don't know why that name but okay wrote quote bleak as fuck great music end quote cinema force our friend eric clap over there who's been on the show on instagram wrote quote amazing film it gets a lot of talk simply because of the snowbound setting, but it transcends that in its execution, end quote. The Church of Tarantino on Instagram, that's another podcast, uh, on Instagram wrote, Corbucci's best and one of the five best Westerns ever made, end quote. Spaghetti Western Database on Instagram wrote, Masterpiece. Rebastian on Instagram wrote, One of the best, end quote. Craig Felton on the video archives podcast fan page on Facebook wrote not only one of the best Italian Westerns, but one of the best Westerns ever. So that's one where I wrote him back and I was like, that's a bold statement. And he was like, he was like, yeah. And it's, you know, when you compare all these, I mean, it's great. And we'll talk about maybe five favorites or something, but.
0: Oh yeah. I'd like to do that.
1: But like the searchers is great and Unforgiven's great, you know, and, you know, uh, outlaw Josie Wales. So you got to put it all in that. So that's why I was like, that's a bold statement, but it stands. Like, I get it. Like you couldn't fight this guy in a park because you're like, no, you have good points. Like I get it. Yeah. It's,
0: that's the thing is like, I'm always, cause some, uh, I, I do have a list of like top 10 films that I, I love that mm-hmm. I, and I'm pretty solid on, but then like, when you think about it, it's like, man, like it's then you can start getting like the different genres okay if i was gonna go with the western it's like man there's so many freaking good ones yeah there's a lot of bad ones but there's a lot of good ones and it's It's like and this is definitely one of those that's it's in the running
1: (laughs) yeah my my wife because i do the letterbox rating on everything now so when we see some movie i'll be like oh it's good i'm gonna give it three and a half and she's like wait a minute it's no departed like if you're going to give the departed a five how are you going to give this movie a three and a half when and i go well they're different genres they should have that broke down by they really
0: genre. I, dude when you said that i was like yeah. thank god I, I i i've been championing that as well because yeah a five star for like a uh like yeah a you give
1: film, yeah you give coffee a five and you give departed a five they're two different kind they're not of the
0: same thing yeah. it's yeah. The, it like it's yeah it's,
1: um. <clears throat> Dave Kolinick on the same page on Facebook, the Video Archives fan page. Uh, Everybody check that out. It's a fun page. Everybody be like, I think Quentin probably likes this movie. And then people be like, I'm going to go watch it. Um, Quote, the great silence might be the best Western ever made. There are more elegant, better written, better acted, more stylish, more entertaining. And of course, more important Westerns, spaghetti and otherwise. But the great silence might be the best ever made. It's brutal, real, nasty, dreamy, and creates a perfect atmosphere. End quote. Yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. Well written. (laughs) Uh, Mark Ramsey, also on that same page on Facebook, wrote, quote, great flick with a thumbs up emoji. Vincent Price, not the Vincent Price, because he's dead, but with a Y, Price. He came Uh, back
0: from the grave. Come on. I
1: know. He came. He was like, this movie's so good. I got to write something. (laughs) Love this movie. Such a beautifully violent and tragic film. Nick Pratt also wrote my number one favorite western of all time, next to the Wild Bunch. See, I forgot to mention the Wild Bunch.
0: Oh Dude, that movie, that movie's. Now, also- here's
1: another one where a remake was okay. They did Bad Girls, and that wasn't as good, but it followed all the same beats. Remember Drew Barrymore?
0: I, I've never seen that.
1: Oh, it, yeah, I didn't know that there
0: was. That's a wild. It's a Wild Bunch remake.
1: Yeah, with girls. Get the
0: fuck out of here!
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, nick pratt uh yeah i wrote that one i said that one dave brock
0: put that on my list
1: yeah now everybody's like what the fuck you like that movie um (laughs) dave brock on the same video archives podcast fan page on facebook wrote quote one of the cruelest f you to the audience finales ever end quote and then philip meller meller responded to dave by writing quote god yes brutal and then added was gobsmacked when i first saw this flick the alternate ending is interesting must admit, I would have played it safe and run with the alt if it was my bankrolling the film. Corbucci had some balls going with this ending. Fair play to him. Christopher Forsley, also on the Video Archives podcast fan page, wrote, Corbucci, Maricone, and Kinski, all at the peak of their form, makes for a masterpiece. End quote. That's another one. Exclamation. I should have yelled that one too. Philip Meller on the Making Tarantino's on our page, Making Tarantino, the podcast page on Facebook wrote, quote, it's a film you'll never forget. That's for sure. That ending. Wow. How the fuck Corbucci managed to get it past his paymasters is beyond me. Check out the alternate ending on YouTube, end quote. Everybody go check that out. It's- and Caesar Man- Mansala on the making of Tarantino podcast page on Facebook wrote, quote, a dark and terrific Corbucci classic. So thank you everyone. That might've beat our record. It's funny before. And I'm, and I try to interject with you and I talking and the co-host talking because before the highest one we had was 11 comments. It was like, Oh wow. 11, let's beat 11. And then last time we had like 15 or 18 and now we have like more and it's like, Oh, awesome.
0: That, well, that's a good thing because that means yeah. people are tuning in. They're yeah. they're They're liking what you're doing. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. And, and they're seeing them and they, you hear, cause that was my thing. I'm like, the Great Silent, it's not available to stream anywhere. They're going to have to rent it. You can stream it by renting, but not free. Right. So I'm like, maybe I won't get many. And I got all these and I'm like, oh man, thank you. So yeah. I'm going to play a commercial now, uh, pseudo sponsor, because these guys were supporters of us before we even came out on January 20th. But uh, Spaghetti Western Database, let's hear from them. Since 2004, the Spaghetti Western database has been the premier online resource for fans of the celebrated European movie genre. The SWDB boasts a large collection of interviews, lists, film and home video reviews, images, and is updated daily to provide the most detailed information available. With a dedicated global community of contributors, powered by a lightning-fast, easy-to-navigate MediaWiki software, everything you want to know about Spaghetti Western cinema is right at your fingertips. Visit the SWDB today, located online at www.spaghetti-western.net. those guys, they wrote on the thing. And uh, so they have the, you know, you've heard on the show where I talk about the, uh, the grindhouse database.
0: Yeah. So- I'm, I, I'm using both those guys as a resource now because yeah. of what you guys have been doing.
1: Yeah. So they both run the grindhouse database and then they also over there, the other guy, Seb, he lives in uh, Germany and he's running spaghetti Western database. And so that's, they'll have uh, whatever really- Blu rays are coming out and American or Italian or whatever. So,
0: yeah, I, I, cause I, I, uh, cause we're actually gonna be doing a few more spaghetti westerns on the Cinemigos, and cool. I'm sure we're gonna talk about some more on, uh, Circle of Jerks as well. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, I got a new like resource that I yeah. didn't know that I had. It's great. Yeah. And
1: like, yeah, which for I sure.
0: out you guys, which is awesome
1: for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've talked to other people who've been like, oh, I use them because of you. Um, so Alex Cox, you know, he directed, um, you might have this research, but Alex Cost, Cox, who directed Repo Man and some others, but mm. he, in his introduction to The Great Silence on Movie Drome on August 26th, it's my birthday, 1990, I was 19, yeah, uh, said, although The Big Silence is Corbucci's best film, it has never been shown publicly here or in the United States. It's easy to see why. The film, like most Italian Westerns, is incredibly bleak and pessimistic, but worse, it has the most horrible ending of any film I've ever seen. The beginning of the Big Silence is a little ragged, but bear with it. Once you're aboard the stagecoach with Trinton Trentoniet, now I fucked it up, and Klaus Kinski, who plays the <laughs> politest murder out west, you're in fa- You're in for an amazing ride. The music is by Ennio Morricone. It's a great and very unusual score. End quote. So that was him, like presenting the movie. Yeah, the now we're ready film, to discuss it. But yes, go for it. Whatever.
0: Yeah, no, the, like because this film was not received well. It did not do very well initially either, because I think because of the bleak ending.
1: And didn't come out here, right? Because it didn't come
0: out here they, until
1: because he wouldn't. Time. It was Richard Zanuck who wanted him to change it, right? Yeah, and, and uh, it, Rich,
0: he wouldn't do it. Yeah. think, and thank God he didn't. I'm, I, I, yeah, he did film two two different endings, but he's yeah. like, no, it's, it's not. We're not, and apparently that was going to be for a couple of different. I think like the Japanese or yeah. Asian markets, and like I think the African markets. But then yeah. never, no one really knows that that end ever ended up being a thing.
1: Yeah, I have the one here that we'll talk about after we're done discussing it. But yeah, it's interesting because, um, it it is that thing of like, did he have that much power to be like, no, when somebody's like change the ending, he's like, we'll try it or it's like uh i mean that this is filmed but there's some where they're like okay we'll do an alternate ending and then they film it and then they fuck up the the film or they mess up the sound and they're like oh shit we're real sorry we didn't get it right oh, and we, we already tore everything down and you know we can't do it and everybody's like oh okay i guess stick with that ending and you're like okay that's
0: probably you know, honestly thinking about this now it's like yeah that's probably what happened
1: yeah yeah <laughs> But like I said, they filmed it. But yeah, part of it was they said they filmed it, but there was no sound. And then later they found sound to put with it. And Yeah. But yeah, this movie. So I didn't. If you've heard the show, there's some shows where I have a whole bunch of notes. So I stopped doing that because then it's like and then he gets off the horse. Then he gets on the stagecoach and then he's talking to the girl. And it's like, come on, just let's talk. They he's Rob seen it. I've seen it. Like, let's go for it. Um, this gun, when I first saw the movie to jump ahead a little bit, but not really. Cause there, this gun, when I saw him, the set, when he's doing his shooting practice and he pulls it out of the thing and then you're like, oh man, that's a, butt for the gun, that's amazing. Yep. And then you look it up and I'm like, I want one of those. It's like $1,600. I'm like, maybe I don't want it that much, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that gun is like cool it goes in the butt of the gun like the
0: yeah it's it's like, a really it's awesome. cool and it's an unusual holster
1: and you don't know if the gun came if that's where if George Lucas is a fan of this movie and was like that's Han Solo's gun you know
0: uh, it, ha- it has uh, you know he watched this
1: yeah because it looks just like it's got the thing it's it looks like Han Solo's gun Oh, uh, maybe yeah. without the clip thing
0: yeah without the without yeah. that but like yeah. it's essentially the same thing and you know, thinking of uh, the time period that this movie takes place in, which is at the just right at the peak of the, the turn of the 20th century. I think it was like 1898 yeah. or 99. So yeah. this guy yeah. is advanced technology, so he yeah. had the silence has an advantage over these guys, but he yeah. he has a code that he tries to stick with. It's like I'm not gonna fight on these guys until they pull their weapon, yeah, and I'm gonna blast, I'm gonna blast their thumbs off and- Yeah, in <laughs> and- self-defense,
1: yeah. <laughs> Which uh it's so the movie starts, so there's a snow thing, and this happened in I went and saw the 70 millimeter of Hate plate. Um, did you go see that?
0: Uh I unfortunately I did not see Hate Eight in theaters, but um I wish I would have back in the day.
1: I was gonna look for my book, but it does the podcast audience no good. But it came with when you went and saw the 70 millimeter presentation, they had like an opening intro with some music then the movie. And then uh, when you walked in, they had a box full of thing and they gave them out little programs and each program had a different thing in it. But I think each box had like all Kurt Russell. So when you open up the centerfold, Kurt Russell naked. Yeah. No, the centerfold <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell in his outfit. So that's the one me and my friend got, but it was, and then it had the intermission and then you could go get drinks and go to the bathroom and come back, oh, and, awesome. you know, it was really cool. And it looked good. But that opening of hateful eight, like you see that cross and when the camera's panning back, you're like, how big is this cross? And and you're like, oh my God. Like, and that's when it shows the whole landscape. And you're like, it's kind of like this, where it's so a guy on a horse and then it backs up and you're like, oh my God, like he's like way out there, like way in the background.
0: Yeah, it's, um there's also like uh, another, like interesting crossing. Cause like another film I'm going to be doing a review of uh and that's going to be coming out, couple of months away from now but it's the big red one also oh, has yeah. a very similar scene with like a this with interesting cross,
1: cross oh. with the ants yeah.
0: crawling through the eyes and shit yeah. uh, it's, it's great
1: well and especially well and then you see that is so them all lay in there and then you're like you're like oh my god like okay they're all dead and then they're like was it was it the big red one that laid down and was like waiting to surprise them or was it the germans i always forget but it's like that surprise thing that I love. I know we're not here about Big Red One, but come on. It's
0: yeah, a, it's, it's a great film. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was just thinking of like that cross scene. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's like, I, yeah. I, I just put those two together. It's like, hmm, I wonder if there was something there that yeah. like.
1: I and that's, that. The, that's the thing we're watching this. So this time I'm watching it more where I know what's going to happen, but also and maybe we'll jump ahead where we don't have to answer this thing of what did Tarantino see but it's the thing of the guy without a horse being like, Hey, I'm the sheriff for snow Hill. Dude. And yeah. Like, it's... That's Mannix being stuck in the snow, being like, Hey, and then um, them all on board being like, okay, here's all the dead bodies. The thing that I love is, you know, Loco is like, um, he's like going to get the body, but he, you see the rifle and he kind of shoves it down in the snow and then yeah. like, come on. And you're like, and you don't even think about it. You're just like, okay. And then when he comes back later and he's like, I got to take a shit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's where the gun is. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what we also get a little bit of the, uh, uh, before that moment, cause we mm-hmm. have, uh, Frank Wolf's character who plays the sheriff. Yeah. He is, uh, he has an encounter with the bandits that are, you know, who are considered the, oh, they're the outlaws. or the bad yeah. guys that the, mm-hmm. all these bounty killers, which is a weird term. I've never, well, like, it's bounty I'm,
1: hunters. I lo- I love the term. And then there was a movie with uh, with uh, Billy Bob Thornton where he played like bounty killer, and it was some. Um, <laughs> but um, it was like done in two thousand something. It was after Bandits. It was some on his downward. Um, was it
0: the? Uh, uh, it wasn't the um, the man who wasn't there, was it?
1: No, no. This was called Bounty Killers. It was in color. It was like one of those wanting to be a Quentin Tarantino movie, kind of flashy. But it was
0: a uh, yeah, okay.
1: yeah um but it was um but bounty killers i love the name the thing is though with these people where he keeps saying that they're worth money he's like all together they're worth money so you're like maybe these guys are just like shoplifters individually and together you won't even get as much as you think like all these bad guys who are with him who he's like they're all worth a lot it's like i don't think they are you know because they even say like they're just hungry and they want to come back to town and nobody will fuck with him. The sheriff is like, I'm going to leave you food at the edge of the town. Like, yeah. go get your food. So it's like, he's not like, you guys are bad, but also he's new to town. He doesn't know. They could have killed yeah, some uh, He, someone he later. has that
0: encounter with the bandits and like his gun freezes uh, because it's oh, so, good. so good. And yeah. so they end up eating his horse. I mean, that's how bad it is. Like they let him live, but it's like, we're going to take your horse. And like they dude i don't know if you you were thinking this like like the when they crowd around that horse i was like this is a zombie film like right here this is this is straight out of a romero film
1: it's so frightening where um sorry i had to look up this movie because you were bothering me with it no um (laughs) damn it now that one doesn't have billy bob in it but there's a movie called bounty killer with uh terminator three girl in it and uh and uh our favorite Gary Busey. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, Jesus. Um the the with that horse falling, like you know, it's those horses are really walking in deep snow. Like yeah, they didn't even that- try to find a place where not much snow. These poor horses, that one horse that falls over before you know, after the one that sinks he falls you see him breathing, then it cuts to him like exhausted like almost like he rode the horse to death and now he's just walking to
0: yeah uh, it's you know. so it because those film the the scenes like in the mountain and like kind of like the foresty areas those yeah. were on location i forgot like what forgot like where in uh they filmed that exactly i forgot the area that they filmed it in yeah uh, but the rest of the the movie like when you're in town in um what's what's the town that they're uh a snow hill Snow Hill. Thank you. Yeah. Snow Hill. That's all a set. And they would uh, to kind of keep it uh, looking like it's a snow covered set. They used like 26,000 pounds of shaving cream to produce what looked like snow.
1: You know, on a total side note, what I just learned, there was a little snippet of like a little video of Dawson's Creek, how they didn't have money to do snow. So they had them like walking in fake snow, and then um she steps another fur, a little bit further, and it's just like a white blanket she's standing on. Oh and my it zooms into it, and it's like it's like wow, Dotson's Creek didn't give a fuck and had no money, and you're like, oh shit.
0: <laughs> Yeah. But uh but yeah, but no, yeah, it
1: work. well, it's beautiful, those mountains are beautiful. Um Sorry, Apparently,
0: not... you can see, like, if you're really looking.
1: Uh, okay, I was wrong. Baytown Killers was the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: with Billy Bob. And it was uh, when three redneck brothers agree to help a woman save her godson from an abusive stepfather. They become targets on the run. So then he sends them to go like a bounty hunter thing. But then, okay. It was okay. But yeah, I'm sorry that I interrupted and took oh, no, no, no. it on a tangent, but it would have bothered me. But okay. it, you would have woken up at
0: four in the morning it's like shit i got yeah.
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah been on some uh some deep dive of something gone on some rabbit hole like yeah
0: yeah but it, apparently from i know i didn't see this but uh what i've been told about this film is like you look really far in the distance of like some of those opening shots with the mountains you mm-hmm. can actually see people skiing
1: oh wow yeah i could see that yeah and that would be well, yeah i'm trying to think it like It's not Switzerland, but it's whatever it is. And that's what's crazy that you can see, that you see in these Westerns. Like you watch, you watch Fistful of Dollars and you're like, like, oh, is this Tombstone? Is this Tucson? Like, is this in the desert somewhere? Like, and then, yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, it's Spain. And same thing with here where you're like, like Hateful Eight is Utah and this looks like Utah. Like, you know, and that's where it's supposed to take place. But you're like, oh my God, like so great. Yeah. Um, but so, so his horse falls, I feel bad because the horse can't move because his feet go all the way in the hole. And then, like yeah. you said, them gathering around and you're like, they must be hungry because they're eating meat, like eating the horse meat. And then when we meet Loco, we meet Loco, but that's after he kills, he kills her husband. That's when we first meet him.
0: Yeah. So, cause we have like, we have several, like the bandits like at the beginning, cause this is oh, after. Right and silence, silence goes uh,
1: to that out, bar yeah
0: yeah well silence takes out one of the guy the the the, the bounty killers that's going after the
1: charlie the, the bandits yeah.
0: yeah and shoots off his fucking thumbs which is great yeah. it's and then like they uh one of the other guys ends up shooting him in the head you yeah. he, uh, silence was just gonna let him live without you know you never fire a gun again yeah and three of the guys kind of break out it's like I'm, I'm tired of like living in this uh, in the fucking wilderness with in the cold Yeah. I'm going home and it's like, I'm going to go home to my mom. I'm going to go home to my wife, turn myself
1: in, go to jail, get a three room, (laughs) three meals in a cot. Yeah. yeah. And And these
0: guys are there like waiting. Yeah. It's Oh my God. It's so at the
1: the mom's house. And then the mom later when she's talking to silence, she's like, they, they killed my boy. Like, you know, they tricked me and made me call, you know, go ahead and welcome him in and then they kill him and you're like oh my god like yeah when you when you don't just think of the ending like the ending is bleak and crazy but everything leading up to that them eating the horse they're so hungry they're eating a horse. they're not like we're down to our last bit they're like we're gonna eat your horse you need to leave we don't care that you're a sheriff we need to eat some we're hungry and then the thing of these guys just killing the son of this woman and you're like holy shit and all the bleakness all the way through, like her husband being killed, you know, like, you know,
0: and then like it's so yeah, we have the son that gets killed, uh, by, uh, I think the guy's name is Charlie, and then Loco is yeah, and there, then,
1: and then Silence kills Charlie at the bar, right?
0: Yeah, it's like in. And- Dude, that dude, Charlie eats chicken in the grossest fucking way. Like, I've oh. never seen a person eat a chicken like that.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I think it, it must be the Italian movies. For one, it's gross, but it made me hungry for chicken. I was like, I want to go to the store and get me a little yeah, you know, roasted, roasted chicken. chicken. <laughs> um, But it's gross where he's just like eating it and just like eating the whole thing. And then like, he's, you know, just done. And you're just like, oh, my God. And then later... I think even Klaus Kinski eating the soup, you're just like, okay, like, you know, but but the chicken was the worst. Yeah. But,
0: that, that, it, so then, um, you know, silence bursts in, like, you know, letting all the uh, the cold in. It's like, yeah.
1: close that fucking door. Yes. yes. Another yes. hateful hate thing. Yeah, like, close yeah. the door. Close <laughs> the fucking door. And he's like, I'll make you, what was it? I'll make you cold or whatever he says. And then he closes it. When he turns around, Charlie says something to him like, you know, like, I'm going to kill you kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And the guy that was like, uh, dude, just relax. Cause yeah. he knew this guy was going to fuck him up. Yeah. And, yeah. And he turns around. It's like, I'm going to, he pulls out his gun. And it's like, before he even gets out of the fucking holster, like the guy is just gunned down. It's like, yeah. oh. it's like, yeah. okay, good. We got this guy. It's like, all right. I'm liking this movie. Like this guy's a jerk. He's dead.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Loco goes and uh, he is essentially takes, uh takes his wife hostage uh, who is uh pauline yeah hostage and ends up like
1: he's like come on out i won't hurt you but i'll kill her if you don't come out and then he comes out and then he just puts your gun down and then he just shoots him and you're like oh shit
0: fucking bastard yes But,
1: but it's it's so good it's it's the thing. So then he's like, I'm going to leave the body there and put in the snow and I'll come back and I'll get it. And then when they're like, when he's like, Oh, well she buried the husband and like all of that stuff, all the little things, the sheriff being the coolest sheriff in any spaghetti Western um, where he's like, you know, the thing of him being like, well, I'm I've come to town. Cause then they're on the stage together. And he's right. like, you can't haul bodies this way. You can only haul them, haul them in steel or wood. And he's like, he's like, no, this is how I found him. I have to transport him. I'm going to go get money. And he's like, okay. And then when that other guy's paying him, when. uh,
0: um, uh, Paul, Paul, Cut.
1: Paul Cut is paying him. Then he's like, he's like, what are you? Uh, he's like, wait, what? There's only three bodies out there. What are you paying him for four? And he's like, oh, well, there's another one. You know, the black guy that I killed. And then he goes and he does an investigation where he doesn't like this guy. And he's arrested. And, yeah, he arrests. No, he doesn't arrest him there, or does he? I forget. He
0: he does he um he does uh throw, his oh, money. no, it was after him and silence fought at the bar.
1: Right, that's right. Is where yeah. he
0: arrests him, like for disturbing the peace, and there was all all sorts of stuff that was going on. Yeah. Uh but the what I found interesting about this is what this film does, and why I think the ending is so impactful, mm-hmm. is because the the film leads you it builds up hope you have hope it's oh it's like oh uh, silence is gonna come and like kick ass through the day we got the sheriff who was like no nonsense like he's gonna bring some uh uh, bring uh justice back to this town and like restore it
1: get rid of all the bad people yeah yeah and and and, and 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 the thing of fistful of dollars where he's like injured now you have to have him get better same thing with you know where silence is like you're like oh he's gonna get better and he's gonna come back and uh and then you're like oh shit like yeah it's it's all the hope of those people being like come on in where he tells them like go on in there's food at the edge of town okay and they're kind of hesitant
0: but they 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 trust this guy and it's like oh and it's oh good you know it's like we're because what's here what happens what the the what western's great and it's thing with the samurai films and you know there are two sides of this and as i always say is that they're always taking place at a point of position you know like things are changing like the 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 old rules are changing and so the uh there is a transitionary period that's going on here and so corruption has been uh allowed to happen and yeah. so now there is a they're going against this corruption and it's, it's looking like, oh man, we're, we're going to, the, the good guys are finally going to win. Yeah. They're going to overcome this political corruption that has been allowed to come into, into play here. And God damn, if they don't rip it fucking away from us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, like, yeah. Kind of it, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it subverts the narrative and you're thinking it's going one way and then, and at the end you're expecting like, how's he going to do it? Like you're sitting there, like, how's he going to get out? How's I was he like, gonna- oh, because
0: it, well, and the other thing too because of this trilogy the mud and blood trilogy which he did we had Django. Django had a, a similar thing he how the hell is he gonna get out of this? his hands are fucking destroyed yeah and he does he kills all those guys And it's like oh yeah. it's somehow like yeah he doesn't have a thumb but and he yeah. his other hand is shit but yeah. he's gonna come, he's gonna find a way yeah and and when that moment happens i was like wait a second he's dead fucking yeah. hell
1: Yeah. And 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 like you said, because of movies and even in the 60s, I think it was still the same thing, like we said, where everybody's like, oh, John Wayne will show up. You're thinking the sheriff's going to show up like he'll show up and save him. It's going to be a last minute reveal. It'll be awesome. And then it doesn't happen. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, you just got to sit with it and be like, oh, shit. But something before that was the way Kinski is with him when he first meets the sheriff where he's like he's like oh are you a he's like i'm the sheriff i'm the new sheriff of snow hill and he's like oh yeah i thought you were a horse trader or a horse meat eater or whatever <laughs> he said and then he's like but i saw the star and now i know that you're a sheriff who eats horses like whatever he said and you're like jesus christ what a dick
0: yeah he's an asshole right and,
1: <laughs> but then them all riding together that that scene is great of you know and then when he tells silence like maybe next time you'll say something to me like maybe we can talk and then when he's out doing his investigation and has loco locked up and they do the potato thing and they kind of bond there with like shooting holes in potatoes and uh, silence is really fast. And then, um, and then the thing of him, like I'm taking loco, you can call everybody in, I'm taking him to the thing. And then when loco like gets that gun and shoots the ice and he falls in the ice, you're again thinking like, no, he'll, he'll maybe get out of it. And then you never go back to it. And it's just like, no, he's gone, like he said. Like, but yeah, the cool thing, real quick, I know we're all over the place. The cool thing when he shows back up with those hungry people and he has a rifle and he points it at him and he's like, I learned. And he's got it wrapped in the it's in the his holster is like made of rabbit fur or whatever. And he's yeah. like, I learned from you guys last time. And they're like, Okay. Um, but it's it's good where it's like. You're kind of like, is this going to be a real Bravo where he's going to hold him there and the bad guys are going to come? No, he's and they're going like the big muscle comes in and like, hey, you need to let our friend go and we'll pay you money. He's like, no, I'm I'm taking it like that's good, but you say that again and I'll put you in there too and I'll get you for contempt to court. And he tells that to Kinski too to Loco where he's like, oh, you bribe me? Okay, now it's five thousand dollars that you have to pay. And he's like, can I use my money? No, you got to get your own. Money. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And that's what's cool is that he doesn't back down the then loco being like going to his people and i think lying to that guy right of like no because maybe that guy is charlie's brother where he's like well lying to him where he's like he killed your brother but he didn't like you said the other guy shot him in the head you know he just shot his thumbs off he didn't kill charlie you know and so then when that guy is the guy with the glass eye or whatever it is which looks fucking badass um there's that whole thing of them, So him getting them and now they're going back into town and you're like, oh shit, those people are there. And he's like together, there was so much money and then they capture them and they put them in the bar. And again, you're like, okay, they have them tied up. Cause you know, movies, they tied them up. They're going to get loose, which that again, we said this off mic about bringing the level up where before, when I was like, although I had rated this movie before, before when you're like, maybe I give it, four stars then you go this supplanted all my expectations this changed everything like it gets way up there and the characters like you know it's to spoil it i gave it five stars but yeah
0: yeah it's uh, yeah spoiler but, alert. it's my star movie
1: <laughs> but that that thing where to go back again i'm sorry to keep going but when he's eating the soup and he's like have you heard this guy's in town silence and he's like he's like yeah i know and he shoots Man, he you know, wants him to draw. I'm just not going to draw. And he walks out there, like you said, and pulls his gun off and then the sheriff arrests him and takes him away because he goes for his gun, right? He throws it out there on this thing. Yeah. And he goes for it. And the sheriff's like, no, you're under arrest. And it's also that thing just on a side note about the West is like, like I can imagine like you'd be on edge the whole time being a sheriff, being a gunfighter. Like, you know, it's like I said on one of the shows about Jesse James, like, you're going to be like you know always like who's out for me somebody's out for me they want to get this reward money you know
0: yeah I mean, that's uh, uh, like uh, like the movie the gunfighter with gregory yeah. peck it's it's exactly yeah. like that where when the guy like kind of you know fucks him over and shoots him in the back it's like no no, no don't kill him because we're going to say that he won in the duel it's like now he's going to have to deal with the I had to deal with it's like where everyone's going to be aiming for him and it's like and that's hell to pay you know it's and that's a worse fate than being just or hung or whatever yeah so this, I have to imagine it's something similar to um, this film and what I I did say about this when I was kind of just putting my notes together and Mm -hmm. I think what I like about this film is that it deals realistically with kind of like the west Mm. and with corruption in a realistic way because there's a lot of times where the good guys don't win and obviously we like to see that in films we want to see the good guy win we want to see triumph over evil but in real life that's just not what happens all the time it does happen but not all the time and um and I think Corbucci, especially with what his, he was thinking on a lot of the political assassinations that were going on at that time period. Yeah. And it's like these, he felt like these people were good people that didn't deserve to die, that they were making good change. And, um, however people may feel about those guys, he personally felt that they were making good change and they were taken out of the world, uh, too early. Yeah. And so he brought that same, uh, 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 like he brought that energy to the great silence
1: yeah yeah and it's it's the thing of you know corruption does exist it's that thing that you never see that like i said you never see that in movies of at least the part of here's some money i'm gonna give you money and you're gonna let it go like other people just ignore him saying like no that's illegal and you're gonna you know but the biggest thing that I wanted to say before I forget it, because this happened the first time I watched it happen second time when uh, silence gets shot and she's bandaging him up. And she said like, I'll do whatever I'll do something before I'll do it during. And I'll do it after meaning I'll have sex with you. You can do whatever you want. Just kill this guy for me. Kill loco. Cause he killed my husband. And when she turns around, he's gone. That's cool. And then, but then when he gets shot and she's bandaging him up, it's so, so sensuous. I don't know the word. It's so like loving. It's like the best sex scene Yeah. because you're <laughs> when I first saw it in this time too, you're like, they get their faces really close together and you're like, are they going to kiss? And then they don't kiss. And then she keeps yeah. bandaging them up and then they get close again. And you're like, ah. and then you're like, no. And it's so sensual and so just sweet that it's, you know, where you buy it, where you're like, you know, it's, you know it's not like Desperado where all of a sudden they're just in bed, it's like you know, kind of leads yeah. up yeah,
0: and more. and Corbuschi didn't put a lot of that stuff in his films too, so this yeah. is kind of like uh unusual for him. It's like this is like you're saying it's like the sexiest non sex scene in the yeah. film, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. out, maybe outside of like Ghost, you know, it's like yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and even all the shots are like you said about directing, like his shots are just so good, there's some really good, almost Sergio Leone type shots like they're really good like com- compositions and different things where it's just amazing and um there's uh, and so then so then i guess we'll jump to the end because otherwise we could talk forever so then at the end he's like they bust in and he yeah polycutt go so first of all silence is flashback to a real cool scene he's looking at that candle And then he's the candles in the foreground. Then it keeps, you know, adjusting the focus. And then it goes to out in the West, some three guys riding. And you see the candle, a yellow flame on the tree. That's signifying that he's dreaming like the guy like that was awesome. Like and then uh, that he's thinking back. And then they bust in and they say, put the gun down. And then he sees the guy put the gun through the window and he's like, dad, no. And then the dad gets shot and the mom gets shot. And then they're like, "What do we do about the kid?" And already, Silence has kind of pulled the scarf down to show her, show the sheriff. This is why I don't talk, because you know he's like, "Oh my God, I didn't know." And so then he's like, "I'll take care of him." So Polycut, a younger Polycut, pulls a knife out and he's going to cut his throat to cut his vocal cords. Dude. And then all of a sudden, you're like, again, you're like, "This is a kid!" Like, holy shit! Like, they don't show it, but you're like, "Oh my God." Yeah. And so then now that he's older and he sees Polycott on her, does he kill him first or he gets shot first and then kills him? So
0: first? I think, um, I'm
1: trying I to could, think. Yeah, so yeah.
0: we get a little, so we get a couple of uh, different flashbacks too because we have, yeah, we we have that scene with like the. Uh, sound oh, right. Yeah. And,
1: the, and then that's uh, right. Which,
0: which is also kind of weird because he had blonde hair as a kid. And now he's a dark haired guy. But that's,
1: yeah.
0: that, who cares about that? That's not yeah, important. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah uh, but then there's the um like when i think he, it's like when he's being uh, uh healed up he also uh um i, I think paul Cutt and his henchmen they break into the house yeah after he's getting healed up and uh yeah
1: that's that's what i was talking about yeah the where so they bust in but then i remembered now so what it was was he has when polycut pulls his gloves off and shows that he's got no thumbs he's like you took my thumbs and then you're like oh shit like he's um like he's got him and then it goes to a flashback of when he was maybe in his 20s and he shot Polycott's thumbs off at that place and killed those guys so he shows him that he has no thumbs and he's trying to mess with her that guy's holding him yeah and then he but I forget if he's been shot when he's being held I don't think yet I think he's just fighting with that Big guy then he yeah. elbows the Guy and gets loose And And then he, he kills Paul Poly-
0: down in the fire
1: Yeah that's right yeah the big guy does that Yeah and burns his hand So you're like oh shit And so now and, and Again you're like he shot him in the head, like that's his gun fighting hand like oh my God and he does that, and then he, like I said, I forget exactly how he kills polycott I think he shot him.
0: So because he he uh, he turns the the he uh, r- gets out of his grass, throws yeah. that guy into his face in the fire.
1: That's right.
0: And then grabs his that guy's gun and shoots polycott in the back. Yeah. And so and then they those two end up hiding in like one of the barns yeah, or something. Or, yeah. In town, and so. But now that's like the the whole gang has captured the outlaws, and like they have uh, one of the uh, uh, the women, I, I guess the uh, one of the prostitutes that was actually kind of coming on to the sheriff. She's like trying to defend uh, Pauline, and like it's like I got I got your back, girl. Like you know, and she's, yeah, and she's like yeah, she goes up against Loco and pulls a gun on him, and like she he she gets shot, she dies. Yeah, and it's like oh shit, and like they're just hiding there and. Pauline's like i'm gonna go out i'll take care of this and like i'll see if i can handle it she gets captured and it's like oh shit here we go yeah. and silence and, like and, he has to come out like
1: yeah because they they tell her like he loco tells her i'm gonna kill everybody in here if he doesn't show up and then she goes to tell him and she's like but the thing is like i think he's gonna kill everybody anyway like just don't go let's just run off together yeah. And being the good guy that he is, is like, no, I got to save these people. And it's like, you know, he doesn't say that, but his actions show like, no, I'm going to yeah. go. And you're like, but you're fucked up. Like, you can't.
0: Yeah. It's like, give you, give yourself because, like, you know, from uh, the man with no name. Give yourself a little bit of time to recover. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yojimbo <laughs> or him. Yeah, give yourself. I bought those books, by the way, the book of that Yojimbo came from, like the National uh, yeah. Hammett. Um, I read it is fun because they're fighting the mob against each other, both mobs. Um, but um, it's interesting where so then he shows up and you're like, okay, they're all tied up. How's he gonna do this again? Like I said, it's a great where you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? And Loco, I'm trying to think now. So Loco shoots him in the other hand, right? First, yep, and then. He's going for the gun with his burnt hand or with his shot hand. Yeah. And
0: with his burnt hand, And like, that's when the other guy that's coming out of the window shoots him and then Loco starts to shoot him. And it's like, yeah. Oh shit. Like he's shit. He's, he's going to die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets shot and he falls over and then she's going to run to his aid and she goes to grab the gun and she gets shot. Yeah. And you're like, you're like holy shit! Like this didn't turn out like I expected. Wait a minute, and and local lives through the whole thing, right? Like they now yeah, run. Oh, and yeah, then they yeah, then they, they go back in. Hard. Yeah, they kill everybody, and you're just like, oh my god, and, and,
0: they and off out of snow hill.
1: Yeah, it's like holy shit. But also, they could run that town like they just killed. They were like, let's run this town, but um, but yeah, it's there's bad people out there, and. It's such a good ending. And uh, now I guess I'll add my note, which you might already have. But I have. Uh, Due to the blank, the bleak nature of the original finale, Corbucci was obliged to shoot an alternate ending to appease his producers, who wanted the film to have a seasonal appeal due to its intended Christmas holiday release. Production histories of The Great Silence previously suggested that this happy ending was shot specifically for the North African and Asian markets, although there is no evidence to suggest that this ending was seen in either region. Some of the footage shot for this ending did, however, appear in the film's trailers because it was believed that no audio elements for this ending had survived early DVD releases of the film, such as the American release from Fantoma films feature it without sound later releases, such as the film movement, Blu-ray. That's the I watched film movement. I rented it. If you rent it on Apple, um, Be careful because I rented on Apple with the blue and white cover and it was uh, dubbed and there was no way to watch it in Italian. And then there was another version on there. that was like a black and white, like a, like a weird thing, but I didn't rent that one. But anyway, um, the film movement Blu-ray include the ending with synchronized Italian audio. In this ending, Loco draws his gun without waiting to be prompted by silence Suddenly, Burnett, having survived falling into the frozen lake, rides into town on horseback and shoots Loco in the head, allowing Silence to kill the remaining bounty killers. Burnett frees the outlaws as Pauline takes the bandages on Silence's burnt right hand off, revealing a gauntlet that he used for protection before Mm -hmm. applying bandages to his wounded left hand. As Burnett takes the thieves to the local jail to await their amnesty, He asked silence to become his deputy, which he accepts with a smile. So it's like, oh, like you just do that. Yeah. You just everything like if you're Corbucci, you're like everything I built up to, like showing that the world is bad and showing my political view on something. Now, of a sudden, you've just destroyed that whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's. uh, Yeah, I'm so glad that that uh, I'm hoping that Corbucci is like, oh, shit we fucked up the audio or the sound and yeah i'm it's yeah. like i know there's like there's like pictures and like there's a few things where like they do show it but like yeah i'm glad that they didn't do that there was also another ending that they supposedly did or like the way they were going to edit it in a certain way where it mm-hmm. made it more um ambiguous
1: uh, yeah. where
0: like that uh you, you're not really sure as to the uh what happened to uh silence or pauline and uh loco has a change of heart and he ends up not you know they cut away it's like let's get out of here you see them walk out of town and you don't know what happens to the outlaws you don't know what happens to silence or pauline or anybody and it's like well that's also disappointing because that doesn't lead up to like what we've been uh built up to it's yes both suck and thank god that they're not well
1: and it's it's the thing of oh what was i gonna say it's a thing of yeah it's thank god that that didn't happen it's um it's those endings that you see now in some movies where you're like this was added on like this feel like i can feel that it's not you know as intended or whatever you know i can't think of any but um i have a review oh no i have another added thing robert richardson the cinematographer for the hateful eight noted that he and Tarantino studied The Great Silence's photography to get an understanding of the intimacy Tarantino wanted to achieve in the film. Upon being asked what his favorite Western films were, Richardson responded with, I do love The Great Silence because Quentin turned me on to it, and I love the cinematic nature of that in the snow, but I'm going with Peck and Paws The Wild Bunch if I've got to pick one. So, yeah. Um, which we'll get to ours in a minute. I know I told you that, but uh, here's the review that I was talking about. on uh, March 28, 2018, in an article called uh, Review the Great Silence: a 1968 spaghetti and Western Unchained in the New York Times, AO. Scott felt that the film's quote, "brazen mixing of in- incompatible elements that defies categorization, imitation, or even sober critical assessment. It's anarchic and rigorous, sophisticated and goofy, heartfelt and cynical and expressed that despite its influence, this plate of pasta, bitter and pungent, nourishing and perhaps a bit nauseating should be savored on its own, which is kind of a good like backhanded yeah. compliment. Type thing. Yeah. But he's like, he's <laughs> like it was good. It was that thing of he probably is a John Wayne fan and wanted the hero to win. And he's like, I get what they're going with, like, at least some people would just shit on the movie and be like, no, this isn't what we wanted. You know, fuck that, you know? And you're like, no, this is, they went somewhere.
0: And this is also coming at a time too, like in, uh well, I mean, this isn't a Hollywood production, but yeah. there was, this was a Times transition in that, in that time period where we get the, uh the counterculture films of the seventies. And this yeah. is one of, this is coming around the time when film was changing and yeah. having a dark film like this, is i mean it's easy rider came out the very next year and yeah. also has a really bleak ending it's, yeah yeah uh,
1: bonnie and clyde you know bonnie shooting a guy on yeah. a running board in the face yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: but uh we kind of talked about things uh unless you have something else uh in this movie did you see anything that you think tarantino might have liked or used in a film
0: oh yeah i mean like the whole the the sheriff
1: thing the
0: the sheriff the the the, they're all interacting with each other the bad guy the the good guys and they're all interacting with each other in this very tight-knit space yeah and you i think the dialogue too is kind of interesting like because there there's stuff that's being said that's it's uh it's they're not just saying what they're saying. It, there's something behind that as well. Um, yeah. The uh, obviously like the snow and like the um, how uh, how it affected how they had to move and like shoot their guns. Uh, yeah. That that obviously was a problem. which that we see in the hateful eight, the snow is such a uh, it's this impending doom that's yeah. going on. Everybody. Um. I mean, there's stuff in Django too. Like there's a snow uh, portion of Django Unchained. <laughs> where you know and they're they're bounty hunters so there's there's that aspect as well uh so yeah and and this obviously is a he loves corbucci films and so you definitely see a lot of um the mud and blood trilogy in his what the westerns that he's done the two that he's done
1: yeah and there's there's a movie called cutthroats nine that is on his list that's on our show we haven't watched it. I haven't watched it yet, but I hear that that's more like nine people in a cabin, like stuck. Like that's where he kind of got that idea. But yeah, it's interesting to me where you and I've seen a lot of films. And if you and I sat down and said, let's make a movie. Like, I don't think we could figure out how to bring some of this into some of this, into this and make it its own thing. Like, you know, and that's you'd where be, a genius comes in too. Yeah, like, where yeah, you
0: can pull this piece from this, like uh, like vanishing point. Yeah, And bring like this other horror element into it. It's like, oh, here's Death Proof. It's like,
1: (laughs) how did you come up with that? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, like we said, with other people who aren't geniuses would go, well, let's just remake Great Silence. So let's not try to make our own. Let's just remake that. And you're like, no. Um, I rate this movie five out of five stars. Uh, What do you give it?
0: Uh, Same, five out of five. it's This is Mm -hmm. one of the best spaghetti westerns out there.
1: And we kind of answered this, but then again, I forget if we're recording. Would you buy this movie, rent it, or find it for free?
0: Well, I bought it, so I guess I'll buy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was my, I was sitting there going, ah, 30 bucks for that Blu-ray, I don't know. And then you watch it, and I'm like, no, I definitely need to own this. Like, it's great, and with all the added stuff that it would have on the Blu-ray, like, would be great. Um, you want to hear uh first of all, do we want to go through some of our favorite westerns? Like I like like Wild Bunch, The Searchers. Um,
0: yeah, uh, uh my, Cowboys well, my favorite, is good. Yeah, my my favorite western of all time is the man who shot Liberty Balance. That um, is a
1: great movie. It that was what got me into John Wayne for a long time. I thought John Wayne was like our father's version of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. I was like, Oh, he can't really act, like fuck this guy. And then my buddy's like, no, you need to watch The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And this one, I was managing a video store and I was like, all right. And I rented it and I brought it home, watched it. And at the end, I'm in tears. And I'm like, oh my God, like he does some great acting in that. Jimmy Stewart, like I love him picking up the steak and slamming it on the plate and being like, here's yeah. your fucking, like Lee Marvin's angry. Lee Marvin's in. And so, so I love that. So then all of a sudden I was like, I gotta see more John Wayne. And now I've seen like all these John Wayne, like holy shit. Like oh good. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry to step on no, you. No, no, uh,
0: my second would probably be the professionals.
1: That's uh, a good one. That's yeah. one I need to see again. Yeah. Yeah. Audio really cardinal. Good. Yeah. Uh
0: stagecoach is obviously yeah. like, you know, that's that's an iconic one.
1: Um, oh yeah. Once upon yeah, a this- time in the west.
0: I would say uh, a few, uh, uh, not fiscal, a few dollars more at the second one of the uh, Mm. uh, Leone, the dollars trilogy. And I, yeah, I guess I, well, if I was, oh, uh, Bone Tomahawk is my other one.
1: Oh, yes. Holy shit. Yes. I, it's funny that I put those in the, in that director's realm, but yeah, that's a Western like, holy shit. And realism. And did you know the guy that plays the piano in that movie is um, the principal from Back to the Future and the guy from Top Gun? That's like your ashes. is yeah, casting? That's right. He is. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you also have um, what's her face from Blade Runner is the uh, the wife of the mayor. Oh, Sean
1: Young. Yeah,
0: Sean yeah, Young yeah. is in there. <laughs>
1: right, Yeah, she's the yeah the woman comes in. What are we doing about this? Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, like I said, minor. You know, the Wild Bunch, the Searchers um the man in shot liberty balance is good but yeah all those you know and then there's a bunch on here that i have on this list that are going to be fun to dive into that you know i've seen once the big gun down which quentin likes he's got a poster of it in his house like a big poster and um and then those uh ringo movies like Ringo's, you know there's two of those like a sequel. Yeah, yeah. So oh, those. the
0: other the other ones I was thinking of too is uh, I also like Three Ten to Yuma. That's that's ah, both, yeah. both the remake and the original. Yeah. And the Gunfighter. The Gunfighter is great with great Yeah. Gregory. See,
1: that's one you mentioned. I haven't seen that one.
0: Oh, dude, it, so. I got the I got the uh, Criterion <laughs> release of that one. It's really good.
1: Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I need to see it. Yeah. It's fucking to. great. That's awesome. I need to look it up. But uh, Phil's film favorite of the week is Killers of the Flower Moon, of course, 2023. Uh, I went to the theater and saw this on Thursday. And it was three and a half hours where I even did that app for like run pee. Like, so I knew when to pee. But all the things were like, uh, when he starts explaining this, you can go pee because he's explaining exposition. I'm like, yeah, but I need to find out what the story is like i can't go so <laughs> yeah, exactly. so i had so i ended up going to the bathroom but i was like okay this is a good part i can go but uh in case you didn't know when oil is discovered 1920s oklahoma under osage nation land the osage people are murdered one by one until the fbi steps in to unravel the mystery and i give it five stars um, it was great have you seen it yet did you see it or no, i haven't seen it yet I,
0: i'm i'm planning on seeing it uh mm-hmm. i do i i know it's going to be great i know scorsese is he's one of my favorite directors he's yeah. he's kind of he also is kind of in that like uh quentin realm too like where he's yeah. the guy is uh his world cinema project is fucking great like what yeah. he does kind of restoring films and that's i've discovered films based off of that like what he's done to uh talk about films as well the um uh but yeah, I'm gonna see that. Uh, yeah. I've actually been watching like old stuff. I you know, I've been doing movie re- working on movie reviews and stuff like that and watching stuff with my wife, introducing her to stuff. So yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a set, there was a time I still may do it, but it's on the back burner way in the back burner. But I talked to my friend and I'm like, I'm like, we do making scors making Tarantino. Should we do shaping Scorsese? Dude, don't have be it be awesome. like Like there's 60 films that he gave out. Like, here's the movies that you should see. And I'm like, Oh my god, should we do that? Like that would be cool.
0: Hell yeah, that
1: would be fun. Trying to figure that one out. But come back next week on November 3rd when I'm joined by Sam Penico of BNS about movies and drive in asylum for Black gun. Oh, I'm so excited! We were just talking about black exploitation. Black gun oh, with two nice. ends, two ends. With Jim uh, Brown, 1972. Yep. So this was the first black exploitation movie he saw with his mom's boyfriend, and uh, that was where the bad motherfucker kind of wallet thing came from. And he oh. talks about it in his book where he went with his mom's boyfriend, and He's watching the movie and he's like, oh, my God, this is different than any other movie that I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden, um, the guy on there says, says something. And everybody in the audience is like, bad motherfucker. And he's like, fucker. And like, <laughs> and and he was like, and I cursed for the first time. And my mom's boyfriend was kind of laughing, like I didn't get in trouble. Like it was just really cool. And so I'm like, oh god, I got to see the first black exploitation movie he saw. So,
0: yeah, the uh, Jim Brown, Martin Landau, some good stuff. Oh, Martin good
1: Landau. After. Yeah, what's that about?
0: Uh, a black militant group robs a mafia bookie joint and also steals the incriminating ledgers, which in turn prompts retaliation from the mob.
1: Oh sounds shit, horrifying. that sounds like awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah I'm right in. up my alley. <laughs> um, so here's a trailer. I'm sure I can find one. He's gunning for the man and his trigger-happy hoods. And they can't shake him loose. Show those guys some muscle, they'll fall apart like rotten fruit. What do you want, mister? You, gun. The man wants the word from you. Then he's out of luck. Could you have a luck, black boy? Black gun plays it cool. But when the man murders his brother, brother, that's it. You haven't got it in you to be a one-woman man. For a white girl,
0: you're not bad. For a black man, you're not bad either. If you don't answer some questions, you're gonna make the long fall. Come
1: on! Black gun. He can be hit. He can be hurt. Then you keep swinging. Distracting. And coming on strong.
0: Capelli! What do you want?
1: I want you, brother. If it's money you want, you got it. Wrong commodity, Capelli. I want you. Sucks, man Just Hold on, brother, I'm gonna make this mother fly. Yeah, but it ain't no airplane gun. but if it ain't, brother, we in
0: a lot of trouble. He's a fistful of dynamite. Black Gun. It is available on, uh, for streaming. It's on Tubi, it's on Fubo. It's on the Roku channel and uh, Prime Video okay, for streaming.
1: Cool. cool. Yeah, I think it must. It wasn't coming up on my Just Watch app. I think maybe it's under. I, I have the minute. same
0: thing, so I was. I mine came up. So. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay. That's weird that mine wouldn't come up, but maybe I did it wrong. All right. Well, that's where you can find it. And uh, if you have anything you want to promote your stuff before uh, we end the show.
0: Uh, yeah. So if you are interested in hanging out with the cinematic archaeologists and what i'm doing Uh, you you can find me on circle jerks podcast on youtube Uh, we are in the middle we're finishing up schlocktober we'll be back on our live stream which we do every tuesday it's called nocturnal transmissions um you can find us on instagram circle jerks podcast and twitter is at podcast coj and check out our latest episode. We did our Dunkirk versus Dunkirk episode with Santa Claus, uh, my friend, Daryl, who I, uh, I he's my Boeing partner. He's a Vietnam vet. So we, we talked about those two films. Uh, or you can find me on the Cinemigos, uh, which is on Spotify and wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, Instagram is uh, Cinemigos underscore podcast. And on our Twitter, it's Tris Cinemigos, T R E S C I N E m-i-g-o-s we just released episode six on m from 1931 and yep. uh next episode that uh that's coming out this week is the princess bride episode seven.
1: Oh, awesome yeah that'll be awesome how many so there's so the premise of that show is one or two of you haven't seen the movie in one you know one has that is correct, and maybe yes. two hasn't or you know
0: yeah. uh, ideally two haven't seen the film but like at yeah. least one person has
1: Yeah, and with Princess Bride, it was just I think one of you that hadn't seen it, right?
0: Yeah, it was it was me. I hadn't seen it.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was kind of amazed. But that's what's funny is sometimes there's like when people talk to you and me, they might be like, "Oh, you know, movies like you've probably seen everything," and then like you tell me Barry Lyndon was good, and I'm like, "I've never seen Barry Lyndon," so that's one of my one of my holes that I need to see. But yeah, there's some that I'm like, I haven't seen um but yeah i'm excited about black gun now uh i was excited about this thank you for being on uh you will be back uh thank you for joining us
0: i i really enjoyed it
1: yes well i enjoyed it too i'm sorry tell your wife i'm sorry it took so long i hope this wasn't a real long episode but it might have been thank you for joining us we hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making tarantino goodbye
0: goodbye